to you and welcome to Anchor Point. This is the final episode of season two of the podcast of the First Colony Church of Christ in Sugarland, Texas. My name is Kyle. I'm your host. Thank you for listening. That's right. We've had two seasons of Anchor Point. That's something to be celebrated. Season one, if you've not heard any of these, season one featured daily episodes recorded by our staff. They are short bursts of encouragement. Trust me on this. If you've not heard those or if it's been a while since you've heard them, you might want to go back and listen to those. They're fantastic. Still today, even though they were recorded at the beginning of this global pandemic in 2020, they are still packed with goodness. Season two debuted in the middle of the summer And it featured long-form interviews from people that we thought could speak some wisdom into some much-needed spaces in the life of our church and the lives of our listeners. These people that you're going to hear from in season two, they are all heavyweights in their fields. And trust me on this, you're going to glean lots of wisdom from them. This final episode is no exception. Shane Gage, who is our pastoral care minister here at the First Colony Church and is also the campus minister of the Foster Creek campus of our church, he interviews a friend of his, Nick Fouts. Nick and Renee are the directors of Cedar Rock Ministries in Arkansas. Cedar Rock Ministries is a relational ministry. It enables and empowers couples to rest and find renewal in Jesus. In fact, this episode is all about rest. It's all about rest. Do me a favor right now. Go ahead and send this to someone that needs to hear about rest. Text it to them. Share it on your socials. Send it in an email. Trust me on this. This is good information that you are going to be blessed by and other people will as well. I don't even want to make you wait any longer. This is Shane Gage's Zoom interview with Nick Fouts. Thanks for listening today. Hey, everybody. This is Shane. I'm the pastoral care minister here at First Colony Church and the campus minister at our Foster Creek campus. So glad to just have a chance to use this podcast to highlight a ministry and uh, that I really love. Also to just talk with a with an old friend. And when I say old friend, I mean an old friend uh, who's just as old as me. And so uh, it's always good to, good to get together with old friends. And uh, today we're going to hear from Nick Fouts. Uh, many of you guys at First Colony who've been around for a while, you know Nick and Renee as part of our mission team that Carol and I and others uh, went to Uganda uh, in the mid-90s. And we've known and been a part of First Colony family, uh, you know, with Nick and Renee and the Bakers and others who joined that team over the years, you know, for over 20 years now. So many of you know Nick, many of you, uh, uh, you know, know of him. Some of you don't, but uh, since coming back uh, from Uganda, they've been involved in some really cool ministries, uh, both for marriages and for spiritual health and spiritual formation. We're going to let him talk about that more at the end of our podcast here. But today I've got a, a few questions uh, for Nick. Uh, just to go through. Uh, and so, hey, Nick, welcome, and welcome back to First Colony, at least the podcast version. Thank you, Shane. Man, we love our First Colony family, so it's really good to be a part of this. Yeah. So in this podcast, uh, there's a couple, just really probably two main things we're going to touch on and just kind of talk to people about how to live our fullest in Christ in this moment, maybe, uh, is a way to put it. And uh, I wanted to just go, get right in to start with a question for what are we learning you know, in this situation, even with COVID-19 and all the, the struggle and stress that, that that brings to our world right now, how can we learn even now to be shaped more into the image of Christ and, and response and, and, and just even just dealing with 
this you know challenging situation we're in. Yeah, that's great, Shane. We, you're exactly right. This is such a challenging situation. It's uh, everybody I talk to, and Renee and I, I mean, we're, this is a relationship ministry that we're a part of, so we're really focused on just all of the relational effects and, you know, the, the ripple effects from this pandemic and, and just this current season that, our, that our, we find ourselves in. Um, it is a challenge, and it's not easy. Uh, what we have observed, and I've heard this from others, too, who are in pastoral ministry, have said that this season is really a lot like a crucible, really. It's just provided the heat that has brought a lot of what's been beneath the surface to the surface. And so if there's been a lot of uh, anxiety and things simmering kind of beneath uh, inside your home or in your marriage or just within yourself, what we have found is that's really been brought to the surface to where it's exposed, where it's seen, and hopefully being dealt with, which is the opportunity that we have. Um, if it's a great marriage you have, then we see some great fruit being produced during this time. If we see a, some struggle or some challenges in marriages or in relationships, that comes out a lot more as well during a season like this. Yeah, so, let, me, let me jump in for a second. I should have mentioned that. You're a, a licensed Christian counselor. Now in Arkansas, uh, where y'all are based out of uh, now, but it's so much more what you and Renee are trying to do and your ministry is trying to do than just, uh, I say just Christian counseling. I'm a firm believer in Christian counseling because it's helped me so much in my life and my marriage, but, but, uh, but y'all see it very holistically. And just for people to know it's, it's relationships and it's living that life together, whether it be as couples or as a family or just, you know, as a a member of the body of Christ or, you know, and, and I think I, what I, one thing I love about you is you guys are always talking about and pushing into how do we do relationships the Jesus way, the full mm-hmm. life in Christ, yeah. unlock what Christ says, you know, when I want to give them you life and life to the fullest. And that, that means a lot in our relationships. So, uh, but uh, yeah, as you're seeing these things, you know, um, you know, and this particular struggle, uh, yeah, what, what kind of thoughts have you been thinking of the last few months? as you've worked with people and with couples in, you know, alone and kind of in a counselor way, but also just in a helping people form spiritually and helping people grow in Christ way in your retreats and things, you know, what have you seen people wrestling with and what, what has been the, I don't know, maybe the, the things that have you been learning that's been percolating up to the, to the top? Yes. Well, you're exactly right. Um, this ministry that we're a part of is really about recovering and discovering the fullness of life that Christ has come to give us. And in a season, in a time like this, we struggle to fully actualize that. And, and we're always on the journey. I mean, none of us will arrive or, or be complete in that, but we are learning to receive more and more what we've already been given. And so in a season like this, it's like, well, how well are we at receiving at, in a time that we would not have chosen to be in? I mean, none of us have wished for this season, and yet it's here. So how well are we actually receiving the good gifts that are hidden within this time as well? I've heard some people say this pandemic has just been wonderful because they have had more time as a family. They've had more time maybe to do some hobbies or do some even work around the house. And, and I've heard the other extreme as well. Some people have said, no, it's just been horrible because we have not been able to be around people. We have been isolated. 
uh, we've been cut off, we're struggling financially or whatever. There's numerous effects from that. But yet in both sides of these things, there's things to pay attention to and there's gifts to be discovered and received. And yet what we have seen in this season is really no different than what we see all the time in life is that under the surface, there is this unsettledness. There's this, what, I, what we call a restlessness that is within humanity. I would say all of us struggle to some degree with restlessness, where we are mm. not learning to live from a place of rest. And of mm. course, when the heat's turned up and things get hard, then it is more challenging to live from a place of rest. Okay, but this, so is, this is crucial. That's really good, because I like how you're putting it that, yeah, yes, this is, we don't want to deny this is a unique struggle. Like Christians in every generation and every decade have their own unique struggle. What's the, what's the call of the gospel and the call of Christ and the answer in the Christian, you know, paradigm to this struggle. But it's also, you know, in themes and in foundationally, it's, it's also the same as our, our constant struggle. Uh, right. How do we lean into Christ? How do we find life in Christ? Uh, I, I know, you know, I've known you a long time, so I know what you're going to say about uh, rest and, and as a Christian and what Christ offers there. So I know you probably want to continue in that. And I remember you saying something uh, recently about the difference in isolation versus solitude and things like that. If you want to get into that and the rest in Jesus, go for it. Keep going. Yes, yes. I think that is a good distinction to make. There is a big difference between solitude and isolation. And for many of us, we feel like, well, we've been forced into a period of solitude. but I don't know that it's really solitude uh, for many of us because what it is is we are entered into a place of, of I would say, where we're not really engaging the purposes of solitude. Mm-hmm. Solitude is about being alone with God and being alone with your own soul. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's an active engagement. And so, you know, isolation, on the other hand, is more of an escape. And so they're totally different energy that's bringing up those two. You know, solitude is about safety. Isolation is about danger. Hmm. Okay. Solitude is about this inner, this inner fulfillment that we can find. But isolation is more about disconnection and actually entering more into loneliness. Hmm. That's, oh, wow. I, that's good. Okay. We, in a minute, we might repeat those again too, because I like that. But what I hear in what you're saying just there is, Isolation may be something that happens to you, and it's, it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> it, you know, we all don't want to feel isolated and cut off from others, but solitude is more intentional. It's, it's with a purpose, and it's, uh, it's in a direction, I would guess, towards Christ. Uh, rather than just cutting off from others, it's actually going towards Christ and, and paying attention to yourself. Right, right. And even seeing if you, have, if you are in a place of isolation, I do believe there is a choice that we can say, okay, I am truly not alone here. God is here. What is he up to and what is he saying? And we can change that from a place of isolation to a place of solitude, but it does need to be intentional. Yeah. Okay. So just for people to know, we we didn't really plan this out other than what are our (laughs) two big questions or what, you know, so I, you know, we're just going with this. And so I'm going to say, Nick, you've known me since what, 1990. Two ninety three, something like that. Yeah. Um, that's more than half our lives. You know, it, it's all almost you know all our adult lives. You know that I'm not great at going and finding solitude. At, you know, Shane Gage. You know, I'm not really 
you know, one of my strengths is not going and self-reflecting and those good things. And I've learned a lot from you over the years and some others, uh, you know, on what, you know, what's good about that and how, but let's say in this moment, I'm Shane, I'm not, you know, it, I'm much more a get with people type of person. I enjoy being with people and I also am more of an out and doer and, you know, I'm just not great at that self-reflection and going into intentional solitude, not isolation. Uh, what advice do you have for, you know, me, someone like me, any, or that's also again, struggling with, okay, but yeah, I'm stressed and I'm working at home, you know, and so I can't get away from people, <laughs> you know, easily, you know, cause my family's here and I love them, but you know, we're doing school and work and all that, you know, right. Uh, anyway, and, and just particularly those of us who sometimes, you know, we're Christians, we've been, we've been walking with Jesus a long time, but we're, we're just not great at remembering to find that solitude with Christ. You know, yes. any, uh, any tricks or, yeah, the well, answer may be does. saying you've got to do it, you know, but, but like anything that you found that helps people. Well, before I jump there, yeah. the, this highlights a pervasive problem in our society today, which, mm-hmm. you know, some have called it crowded loneliness. Mm. So we it's not be, just me you're saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And it's not just the, uh, it's not even the other extreme of the introverts. I mean, introverts who may find themselves not around people a lot, okay, uh, still may be very isolated. It may mm-hmm. not be a place of solitude. And so mm-hmm. therefore it can be very lonely and not fulfilling and tapping into the life that Jesus meant to give us. We can even be together and feel alone. Exactly. It's coming up to what I've been telling people at church here is like, even though we're not together physically, we don't have to be apart and completely. We, we can reach out even with the phone or whatever. Yes, that's exactly right. And um, technology can assist us in this way if we use it properly. Mm, uh, technology but it has can a downside. Harm us. That's right. It can yeah. be something that uh, is also disconnecting at the really deep part level. Yeah. And even as like, Gosh, there's so many layers to this. Like as a parent now, you know, uh, you know, I'm wanting to model and teach this for my child. You know, I want to, you know, and, and we want to encourage one another and all that. So, okay, so we've got to recognize it. Well, a big part of this, Shane. Let me jump in. Yeah, is when we talk about rest, we feel like the the purpose of rest is so that we can learn to be fully present. Mm. All right, and I believe theologically, biblically, there is a, there's a whole foundation here of of why God set us up to live from a place of rest, which we can talk about if you want to. Yes. Let's. The, the, the whole purpose, I believe in that is so that we can be more fully present to God and to others in our life, because that is where true connection and real, where true life is found is in those deep, meaningful connections. Uh, Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. Mm-hmm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And yet we are not very good at abiding. We don't know how to remain, as another translation puts it. Mm-hmm. So this Re- is... Remain this in Christ or abide back. in Christ. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And what I like to do at our retreats sometimes, we'll just substitute those words and put in the word rest. Mm-hmm. Rest in me and I will rest in you. Mm-hmm. And yet that is one of the most challenging things for our society today is how do we learn how to rest? What we have done many times is we have mistaken entertainment for rest. Or distraction. Exactly. We get distracted or numbed out, and we, we think that that's rest, and it's not true rest. True rest is recovering our life. It's not distracting us from the busyness or the pressures of life. 
but it's mm -hmm. actually tapping in. It's a different energy there. So that has to begin with the reorienting of what, what life means, life in Christ means. Uh, to me, it seems like it has to be like, I've got to, in order to rest in Christ, to remain in Christ, to abide, like, I first, I've got to trust that that's where I can find the real rest and not yeah. in all this other stuff that I use to maybe soothe or to distract or to just cope, which we're, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we're all just coping, but like instead of just a short-term coping, what about leaning right into that foundational, most, most powerful sense of rest and peace and life in, in Christ that he offers. Yes. But I've also got to, uh, you know, as a Christian who I've got to challenge myself or let God challenge me, is Jesus really the center of it all for me? Is Jesus really where it's at? Yes. You know, and it's like, ooh, that, that starts to get a little pokey, you know. It's like, hmm. That's, that's right. Tough. We start to are... discover that maybe he's not at the center. You know, really, yeah. it's another agenda. And he's always wanting to be more central, and it's a journey we'll be on all our lives. But, yes. like, we can totally not be giving him the place, you know, even when we want to, you know, not be giving him the place of centrality that, you know, he, he calls it. He gives us and tells us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So what helps bring rest in that? You know, if you reorient yourself there and you're, you know, in your, uh, you know, uh, I know there's the usual, I mean, we, you know, people talk about quiet time. You know, you want to be in the word. Uh, I know I've heard you talk in the past about things such as how we use our prayer time rather than just talking at God, stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know, any mm -hmm. anything you've seen that, you know, right now is particularly you know, good to think about? Yeah, there's, there's lots of little activities. There's lots of practices that we can embrace to help us learn to be more fully present and live from a place of rest, which I've used that phrase a couple of times. Let me go ahead and, and yeah. maybe unpack that a little bit. I, I believe we're called to live from rest, not for rest. Mm. When we are seeking to live for rest, all right, what we do is we, we, we have it as a, uh, almost like we've earned it. Mm. And it, it breeds this spirit of entitlement. It's something that you're, you're working for rather than working from. I believe biblically, if we, if we embrace this view of we have been given rest, we've been given grace, we've mm -hmm. been given life. So if we can receive that well and live out of the overflow, then we live in the energy of the spirit into all of our relationships. Mm. And so there's a, I really wanted to differentiate between living for rest and living from rest. I think that's beautiful because yeah, it's so tempting to just say, if I can just get through this stuff and do this and maybe, you know, do right by God here and serve here, then I can go on that vacation or I can have my time on the weekend. That's for me and all that, which, you know, in and of itself is not bad to have some time on your own, but like the, the motivation and like there is a thing in these kind of things with the cart and the horse that you want, you don't want that's to get right. the cart before the horse. You, you want to come out of the right ordering of things. Exactly. And that's ex exactly what Eugene Peterson has said we've mm -hmm. done. He said, we have reversed the rhythms. Reverse the rhythms. We mm -hmm. have reversed the rhythms. Instead of it being rest and our work flowing out of that, we have made it work. And then we try to rest, which really ends up being work crash. It rarely ends up being true rest. Better to go rest, work, than work, crash. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And th there's so many reasons why that's significant, not just for our physical health, but like you were saying earlier, it's a holistic thing. 
Yeah, mental health. It's, it's how, yeah, it's mental health. It's emotional health. It's how we even perceive the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because it becomes about receiving grace and then living out of that, not trying to work and try to earn grace. Right. And you know, how we experience church and community and, and God's calling and mission. Like, you just, you know, how many of us have been, you know, especially those of us who may have grown up in church and we may, you know, think we got to do these religious things. And even though we know we're saved by grace, we really do have this emotional burden of just not putting our confidence fully unless we've, you know, done the things, you know, or had a squeaky clean week or whatever, you know, we all get in that trap, but um, putting our confidence in just only Jesus. That's right. And one of the biggest indicators is our pace of life. Hmm. When our pace is out of rhythm, when we are moving fast and hurried, maybe not just physically, but also emotionally and with our interior world. Thoughts swirling mentally. That's right. Thoughts are swirling. And that's one of the big things about this season that we're in right now Hmm. in Western society is our external world has in some ways slowed down a little bit, at least for a lot of people. I know if some people it hasn't, it's picked up. Or you at least have a little more flexibility. Right, right. But it can be deceiving because it's not, we haven't learned how to really anchor ourselves in our spirit in a place of rest. Mm-hmm. And so our interior worlds are still going fast. In fact, for some people, exterior world has slowed down. Interior world has picked up the pace because mm-hmm. now they're more worried about health and more worried about finances, mm-hmm. job security, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety has, has shot up. And that's proven to be true across the mental health world right now. I mean, anxiety and depression are just continuing yeah. to rise. Well, so maybe then the, in this kind of topic we've been on, and as we kind of get to close on this topic, is uh, uh, we, may, we may reiterate or you may want to add one more thing, but the, uh, my thought is what actually maybe the, if we had a prescription for people to try, maybe just taking some quiet time, some solitude time, not isolation time, to just think about these things you've been talking about, things like, am I kind of involved in crowded loneliness right now? Or is that, or I was crowded loneliness and that's been taken away and that's what I'm missing. And so that's where my, you know, longing comes from rather than my longing for Christ. Or am I living for rest or from rest? Some of these things you've mentioned, just kind of just self-assessing, take your own kind of assessment there of just take take some time maybe this weekend or whatever to just, get some time to sort through that and ask God those questions and see what answers might come. That's excellent, Shane. That's one thing that was on, that I was thinking of as well is this time can be very valuable to take inventory of ourselves. Inventory, yeah. Where we can just assess, look inside, reflect, and see kind of really where am I right now? Where are we as a, in our marriage? Where are we as a family? What's going on? Look at the good, bad, and the ugly. All of it. Be honest about it and take inventory. Um, one really good tip that, that mm-hmm. we advocate, and um, I've heard this actually yesterday, talking, I was on a, a big Zoom call with John Eldridge and uh, 100 other people, so I don't know him personally, but it was really, uh, That's cool. it was really yeah. good. He was talking about his new book, Get Your Life Back. John Eldridge, get your life back. Yes, and I haven't read it yet, but I do want to get it. But he was talking about uh, uh, something in the book that he recommends, and I think it's a great idea. He talks about this idea of a one-minute pause. Mm. Throughout your day, just take a minute, 60 seconds, where you can just pause, where you can breathe for a moment, 
and just kind of settle in and go, okay, where am I right now? Mm. Just, just that tiny little step of starting to slow down. And that's really hard for those of us who are addicted to activity and, you know, mm-hmm. our, our task list is long and we are just driven to get that done, which is, <laughs> it's good to get those things done. But mm-hmm. we, we do it at the risk of, of damaging our spiritual life and our relationships with others. Yeah, we get overwhelmed, and then you get that, uh, who called it hurry sickness or busy sickness? Yeah, hurry sickness was, was yeah. mentioned by a psychologist decades ago. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's, we all know that's real. Yes. So this idea of a one-minute pause, I think, is really, really good. And he actually has an app you can check into, and uh, it can help you actually exercise that during the day. Yeah. But it's finding a few moments where you can pause and slow down and reconnect just briefly with your real life. Yeah. You know, that's great, man. But some people, I know this, I know what happens. I know what I've done in the past. I know better now, but some go like, it feels insincere or weird to schedule it, you know, like as if it's not real. And it's like, no, actually it's probably important to schedule. It means you're prioritizing it. And yeah. so like, even if you're just using, you don't want to use this app, but you're just setting up some alarms on your phone four times a day or whatever, you, you know, when you might need to pause according to your own work schedule or whatever, and just, just set those up. Exactly. Use the technology set, for your you good. You can set all that up on his app as well. You yeah. Can set it up. Okay. At nine and two, I want to do it. I want to do this, and it sets it up. Yeah. That's cool. That that's a great. Like I like that as a try it like that. Try that. Uh, get get some moments this weekend to think about whether you're you know living from rest or or for rest or if you're if you're if what you thought was solitude is really just isolation and, and let God speak to you. But then regularly in the day, have a have a have a pause. Yes. Yes. All right. Before and, we leave this part, would you go through? You gave a little list of kind of the different. You, you were kind of you know, you know, isolation versus solitude. Isolation was this. Solitude was that. Uh, give us that again. Yeah, solitude is foundational. It's a foundational practice in our relationship with God and others. Solitude allows us to tap into the spirit within us. So just defined as it's when you're alone. I mean, it's not overly complicated, but solitude is when you're alone with God and your own soul. Mm. Okay. You're honestly alone there and you're engaging. So one difference is solitude is engagement. Isolation is escape. Mm. So if we can tell, and if we're really honest and we can feel that there's energy to escape, kind of like we're moving Mm -hmm. away from something out of fear or whatever, then we can tell that's not true solitude. That's isolation. And in those one-minute pauses, we can start to kind of self-assess that kind of energy. And you're intentionally engaging with the one-minute pause. Exactly. Solitude is engagement. Isolation is escape. Solitude is safety. Isolation is danger. Mm. Solitude is about inner fulfillment, and isolation is about disconnection and loneliness. I like that. This is a good way just to self-assess what what you're really driving for there. If you're, or and, and again some you know, the saddest thing and the hardest thing for us sometimes when we are in isolation and we don't, we didn't want isolation, but we got isolated by, you know, maybe a loved one, maybe uh, a situation, you know, but I can guess even if you've found yourself isolated, you can still seek solitude with God. And and also whatever the situation is, you want to try to reach out to safe others, you know, if if you're finding yourself isolated. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Okay. Hmm. Anything else you want to say about that big topic or? Wow, there's so much. Um, one thing that we always try to do at our retreats is we combine 
the teaching and the, and the kind of the informational side with what we call the experiential or the transformation side. Mm-hmm. We are in an information overload society. So the tendency is just for people even to hear this podcast and go, oh, okay, good. There's some information. Mm-hmm. The, the challenge and the opportunity we have is to say, no, let's put this into practice. Let's make this part of an experience that we have. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's just five minutes a day, really try to take it from the information to the transformational side. Okay. We can say, okay, I'm maybe not choosing this environment right now, but I can choose my response to it right now. I can choose to engage God in this space right now mm. and to be open and honest and engage him with that. And in fact, God invites you to do that. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's begging you to do it. You know, he's like, yes. yeah. Uh, yes. Even yeah, that's good. That that chain that ties in with the whole reactive nature mm. of restlessness and isolation, all of that leans towards reactive way of le- living, mm. rather than a response, rather than a proactive way of living and being intentional. Right. That's good. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, Well, Nick, that is really great, and uh, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, I think there's a lot to think about there. I like how that challenges our, our natural cultural expression of what these things mean, and it brings us back to what, what Jesus is calling us to and what the Bible teaches. You know, uh, you know it's, 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 uh, We need to relearn some of these things, and some people do them well, but some of us are still have a lot. Well, we probably all have a lot to grow at it, but yes. Uh, yes. good stuff to think about. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, I want to just close the last minute or so here. Um, just I want people to know about Cedar Rock Ministries, what you guys are doing, the kind of stuff you do. I said at the beginning, we share that. I want you to share, you know, I know you all work with individuals, with couples, with, with, with groups and retreats and all kinds of things. Just give the basic rundown of what Cedar Rock is doing and certainly include where they can find you online so they can find out more because, uh, yeah, they, there's lots of stuff you all have, the resources there. Yes, that's great. We have been doing Cedar Rock for about 10 years now, and it is a relational ministry at the heart. And um, we're about rest and renewal for you and your relationships. And we love to unpack that and explore that and help people experience more rest and renewal in the retreat environment. So we invite people away. For years, we've been doing small group retreats, three or four couples at a time, come away for a weekend where we really not just teach about rest and relationship, but we help people experience and taste it at a deeper level. Uh, Actually, what we're doing a lot of right now because of the pandemic is one couple retreats. So we've been able to, you know, comply with all the guidelines and still welcome a couple for three days up here in Arkansas and help them get away. And we just spend time with them. We give them time alone where they can, unpack and process and just rest and enjoy each other again and reconnect. And it really is a wonderful three days where uh, couples can really reconnect with God and each other. So the retreats is really what we're up to now. We would love for people to contact us if they're interested. Um, We want to help prevent people from burnout and prevent people from disaster down the road and be about enrichment. So we're for 95% of the couples that are out there that could really use this. And We've had people from church leadership to just 
business people to young, newly parents. I mean, it's just uh, the whole gamut. The whole spectrum. What's the website? Cedarrockministries.com. Okay. Cedarrockministries.com. Yeah. Check it out and you can uh, get more information there or email us. Uh, We are booking for 2021 right now. We already have probably eight or 10 people on the waiting list already for next year. Cool. So contact us if you want more information about that. We would love to host you up here. Yeah. Well, and and before you end, I do want to share mm -hmm. one scripture at some point. Let me say something and then we'll close with that. you know, last year even we were up seeing you guys and I've seen the place where people get to stay and where it's just a beautiful area. Uh, and just to get that solitude out in, you know, the, some really beautiful area of, of Arkansas. And, uh, uh, you know, I know the, the folks who help you all with that. They're all good, great folks. Known them a long time. So yes. I'll, I'll definitely put my own endorsement in there. And First Colony people, if you have questions about it, I know we have people from First Colony who have gone for it and been up there. And like, just reach out to me and contact me if you're in First Colony and uh, you want to know more. I, I can connect you up with people uh, and and you know, as well. But again, the website is cedarrockministries.com. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. So give us a scripture and then we'll sign off. Yeah, I want to leave everybody with this. And this is actually where we got the name Cedar Rock. It's from Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. And that's what we're about, and that is my prayer for every listener to this podcast, is that we can all learn what it means to flourish in the presence of our God, that we can continue to bear fruit and not burn out or, or to be, you know, just trying to survive, but we want to stay fresh and green, even through seasons like this. We've been equipped for this, so that's my prayer and my blessing for all of you. Amen. Nick, brother, always good to visit with you. Always good to talk with you. Look forward to hopefully sometime in the relatively near future getting together again. Um, Absolutely. And, but yes. Thanks for doing this and uh, many blessings on you guys and your ministry. Thank you, Shane. Love you, bro. Mm-hmm.